In December, NASA announced that it had narrowed down its potential list of planetary science missions to two. There's the Comet Astrobiology Exploration Sample Return, or CSER, a mission that would return to Rosetta's Comet 67P and bring a sample back to Earth. And then there's Dragonfly, a nuclear-powered helicopter that would buzz around the atmosphere of Saturn's moon Titan, exploring this fascinating world. Sadly, there can only be one mission, and so NASA will let both missions continue working out the details until the final decision can be made in mid-2019. And if all goes well, the chosen mission will set off in the middle of the 2020s. Comet Sample Return, or Titan Helicopter, which one will it be? In order to help out NASA with their decision-making process, I've teamed up with Tim Dodd, the everyday astronaut, to advocate for each of the missions. I'm going to do everything I can do to convince you that a Comet Sample Return mission makes the most sense, while Tim's going to advocate for the Titan Dragonfly. And then in the end, we'll give you a poll where you can vote, we'll pass along the vote to the decision makers, and I'm sure they'll dismiss it for the hilarious and unhelpful YouTube stunt that it is. Hi, it's me, Tim Dodd, the Everyday Astronaut. Fraser's got the most uphill battle of his life because he's going to be telling you why NASA should land on a boring old sad comet we've already visited to scoop up some space dirt and bring it home. After this video, pop on over to my channel where I get to explain how the other option is for NASA to send a nuclear-powered flying drone that'll fly around and search for life on one of the most insanely amazing moons in our entire solar system, Saturn's incredible moon Titan. After you've watched both of our videos, be sure and vote on which one you like better. This one's gonna be easy. Good luck, Fraser. Whew, I gotta advocate against a nuclear-powered helicopter on Titan? Okay, here it goes. Comets are some of the most important objects to study in the solar system. They're relics frozen in time from the earliest moments of our solar system's history. It's believed they delivered water and organic materials to the newly forming Earth and could have been pivotal to our understanding of how life first got started billions of years ago. And it's not surprising that they've been a target for several space missions. The first mission to reach a comet was in 1985 when the International Comet Explorer passed within 8,000 kilometers of comet Giacobini-Zinner. Other missions got even closer, like Issa's Giotto, which came within 200 kilometers of comet Greg Skellerup in 1992. NASA's Stardust mission passed through the tail of Comet Vil-2 in 2004 and brought samples back to Earth for study. NASA's Deep Impact smashed into Comet Temple 1 in 2005, gouging out a crater, revealing the comet's interior to a partner spacecraft. But the one you're probably most familiar with was the European Space Agency's Rosetta mission, launched back in 2004 to perform the detailed study of Comet 67P, Churyumov, Gershmenko. Not only would it go into orbit, but it would try to land a separate spacecraft down on the surface of the comet. On August 6, 2014, Rosetta arrived at the comet, and a few months later, it deployed its Philae lander in an attempt to sample the surface. The orbiter did great, returning high-resolution images of the surface of the comet. The lander? Not so much. Its harpoons failed to fire, and it bounced gently a couple of times off the soft surface of 67P eventually coming to rest on its side. 
even if Philae had been successful and been able to send back detailed information about the surface of the nucleus of a comet, there's only so much it could do. The next step in this journey to understanding comets and helping them unlock the secrets of the early solar system is to bring a sample back to Earth. Planetary scientists need to get their hands on a chunk of cometary nucleus here on Earth where they can run it through every experiment and mass spectrometer they can get their hands on. We're entering the age of sample returns. We've got moon rocks from the Apollo missions. OSIRIS-REx is on its way to asteroid Bennu to bring us home a space rock. Missions are in the works to bring a sample back from Mars. We need a chunk of a comet. Dr. Steve Squires, the principal investigator of NASA's Spirit and Opportunity rovers, is back with a new mission, Comet Astrobiology Exploration Sample Return, or CSER. And its purpose will be to fly to 67P, send a lander down to the surface, retrieve a sample in a pristine comet-like state, and then bring it back to Earth. When the sample returns to Earth, planetary scientists will be able to open it up, gases and all, and study the comet to their heart's content from the comfort of their earthly laboratories. ESA scientists chose 67P as a target for a good reason. In 1959, the comet had a close flyby with Jupiter, changing its orbit to send it closer to the inner solar system. For at least 10,000 years before that, it was orbiting much farther from the Sun, safe from the intense radiation. This brought a relatively fresh comet from deep space into a region that we could reach with our spacecraft. It's the perfect time capsule to tell us what the solar system looked like eons ago. And the goal is to better understand how comets formed and what role they played in the early solar system. Are they made from raw materials that clumped together during the formation of the solar system? Were they processed through interactions with other objects in the solar system? Or are comets leftover chunks from shattered icy planets and other Kuiper Belt objects? Do they deliver water and organic materials to early Earth to help life get going? Now you know the history of cometary exploration and why the CSER mission is so important. And in a second, I'm going to explain how the mission will work. But first, I'd like to thank Sherman Figura, Stephen Hill, Nicholas Faherdin, Alexander Alfanasiev, Rosemary Williams, Gary Aganasi, and the rest of our 804 patrons for their generous support. If you love what we're doing, you want to get in on the action, head over to patreon.com slash universe today. If all goes well, the CSER mission will launch in the summer of 2024 from Cape Canaveral. And the mission is inspired by NASA's OSIRIS-REx spacecraft, which is already on its way to retrieve a sample from asteroid Bennu. So we'll already know if this technique is going to work. And actually, we're going to use a whole bunch of video from that mission because there's no actual video of this spacecraft yet. It'll be equipped with an ion engine, allowing it to reach 67P in December of 2028. The spacecraft will go into orbit around the comet and then slowly lower its orbit over several months, examining it in greater and greater detail. It'll map out the surface and search for any differences that have occurred since Rosetta made its maps, helping scientists understand how comets change over the course of a decade. Mission planners will examine these surface maps and pick out candidate sites for CSER to acquire its sample from. Eventually, it'll be mapping down the surface to a resolution of 0.6 centimeters per pixel. Once the sites have been chosen, 
Caesar will be ready to perform its touch-and-go operation to sample material from the surface of 67P. We'll have enough fuel on board for three attempts to get a sample. The spacecraft will perform a deorbit burn, moving it closer to the surface of the comet, and then it'll touch down for five seconds, suction up a bit of material, and then kick off into space again. It'll image the area at a resolution of one millimeter per pixel, giving scientists context for where the sample came from. Collecting the sample is going to be one of the toughest parts of the mission. As we learned with Rosetta and Philae, trying to land on the surface of the comet is hard enough. Getting back out into space again is going to be even harder. Caesar is equipped with a special grabber called the Sample Acquisition System. This is a suction cup-like device that can tilt to match the slope of the surface that the lander touches down on. When it senses the surface of the comet, it releases a set of spring-loaded ripper tines that break into the crusty surface for easier collection, and then it uses a pneumatic system to blast out high-purity nitrogen gas around the sampling cone, shaking up the comet material, and directing it into the spacecraft's sample containment system. Up to 80 grams of cometary material will be captured for scientists at home to study. But the actual cometary material is only half the story. The spacecraft will also pull out any gases coming from the sample and store that in a separate container. This will give planetary scientists the best possible sample to study when it gets back home. It'll then keep the samples at the exact temperature that the comet experiences when it's farthest from the sun. Caesar will drift with Comet 67P for another four and a half years until it's in position to make a burn back to Earth. And the sample will be transferred to a special landing capsule that will survive re-entry through the Earth's atmosphere, delivering the pristine chunk of Comet to waiting scientists. And if all goes well, it'll return the sample to Earth in 2038, putting a piece of an actual comet nucleus into the hands of scientists around the world. By keeping it cold and pristine, researchers will be able to study it for clues for decades to come. Right now, NASA's OSIRIS-REx mission is on its way to rendezvous with asteroid Bennu in 2018. And then, it will pick up the sample and return it back to Earth by 2023. Planetary scientists will be able to study this sample in incredible detail with the best laboratories available to them here on Earth. Caesar mission will do the same, but provide a chunk of a comet for scientists to study. How did organic materials form in the early solar system? How did they come together to form planets? Where did the Earth's water come from? By finally getting their hands on a chunk of a comet, scientists will have valuable clues to these and many more questions about the solar system. All right, now it's Tim's turn. Head over to his channel and learn all about the Dragonfly mission to Titan. And when you've made your decision, click the link in the show notes to vote for your favorite. Whichever way you'd vote, let me know your thoughts in the comments. Or just rage at the injustice of even having to choose in the first place. Comet, Titan, and why not? How about a mission to Venus? Walmart more space news? I'm now writing a weekly email newsletter that highlights many of the big stories that happened this week. It's quick, easy to digest, with lots of amazing pictures and videos. You can find out more and sign up by going to universetoday.com slash newsletter. In our next episode, we return to the concept of artificial gravity. Some really interesting projects in the works that will attempt to create artificial gravity for astronauts to live in. And finally, here's a playlist, starting with a link over Tim Dodd's half of the collaboration. Snow was helpful. <laughs> We're doing an episode about comets.